0: And hello everyone. welcome to our program, The Truth to Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and it's great to have everyone here, of you here as part of our program, as today we're going to be talking about Last Day's Evangelism. So stay tuned. Those of you following us on social media would love for you to, to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with that as well. But before I continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord
1: Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. I pray you'll open it up so we may understand your will, your purposes. And uh, Lord, in these dark times, your hope. I thank you, Lord, for uh, Vic and me being here in person together to be able to do this podcast. And we
0: just praise you, Lord, for all those tuned in in your precious name. Amen. 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 Again, you're tuning into our Truth. with free Bible prophecy edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb, Lion, Ministry. Again, we're talking about last day's evangelism. So stay tuned, get your Bibles ready and follow along with us. But before I continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you here live. Live. Yes. I, I don't think most people realize that you
1: live in Florida and I live in Texas and we do these podcasts remotely, but Vic drove the, what, 15 and a half hours to get here to the Dallas area, to spend one day here in the headquarters of Lamb and Lion Ministries. And it's a real blessing having your brother and
0: to be able to do this podcast in person. Absolutely. And Nathan, it, it is a great pleasure for me to be here also. I mean, Daytona's nice, but hey, this weather in Texas, did you do this all this for me? Because it's fantastic here.
1: Oh, it was 100 degrees before the day before you came.
0: You brought the good weather, brother. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> well, it's great to be here live, like we're saying. And yeah, to our, our audience, those of you that are new to the program, maybe you're not familiar with the ministry and what we do here. Nathan, will you be able to share with them what you do and also how they can get a hold of our resources?
1: Absolutely. Well, Vic and I are evangelists here. Here at Lamb & Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, most people recognize our ministry through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is now on its 19th season. Wow. And folks can get in touch with us through our website at christinprophecy.org. There we have a tremendous amount of videos, articles, social media, e-newsletters, You name it. We want you to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus and get excited about His soon return. So check us out, ChristinProphecy.org.
0: Yeah, you don't want to miss these wonderful resources. We encourage you to take advantage of them. It's a wonderful way for you to grow. Nathan, you also have opportunities to go out and speak in different locations. Anything coming up?
1: Well, yes, uh, folks can tune in on October 16th and 17th of this year, 2021, at the Great Reset Conference. We're teaming up with uh, Pastor Billy Crone of Get a Life Media, and uh, both Tim Moore and I here from Lamb and Lion Ministries, uh, Billy Crone, Don Perkins, and Brandon Halthouse wow. will be teaching on the what everyone's been talking about lately, the Great Reset. Right. Now, uh, for in-person seating that's already been filled. But folks can check us out on our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel, and we're going to be streaming it right from there.
0: And that's a wonderful thing about technology, right, Nathan? The opportunity for people from wherever they are to be able to grow and take advantage of these wonderful resources. So thank you for sharing that. So again, we want to encourage those of you that are part of this uh, uh, program uh, take advantage of these wonderful resources and uh, grow with us uh, because God is doing some wonderful things. And I think the Church of Jesus Christ should take advantage of these wonderful opportunities. Nathan, we always talk about also things that are going on uh, within the world. We try to give like a little recap of the, there's always something. Each week is so different. Uh, we're facing such uh, immigration issues in the United States of America. Uh, of course, we're still dealing with so many challenges to COVID-19 and these mandates that are being uh, uh pushed around in a sense against our um, desires in many ways and again it's just uh, we see some of these things as just signs of the times because we really see how all these things are coming together. What are your thoughts on that Nate?
1: Well, Jesus prophesied when his apostles asked him, and you can read this in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, is that they want to know what were the signs that would lead up to the fall of the temple, the signs that would lead up to the end of this age, the church age he was ushering in, and the events leading up to the second coming. And Jesus gave 10 signs that answered each one. And he said they'd increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to the, each of those events. So we knew that, a increase in false prophets would happen. False religions, mm-hmm. cults would increase. And certainly they've been doing that. Uh, Watchman Fellowship, which is a cult-watching website, says there's 1,200 religions and 500 cults just in the United States just alone. Just in the U.S. Wow. Uh, the Lord said there'd be increase in natural disasters like earthquakes. And brother, we are living through that. There'd be uh, signs in the sky, fearful events like socioeconomic. And 2020, excuse me, 2020 was certainly very fearful time. So uh, we knew that these have always happened, but they would happen in frequency and intensity. And clearly we're living in that time period. Absolutely.
0: And Nathan, you talked about deception. And in our last programs, we were looking at 2 Timothy chapter three, and we closed that chapter. And the Bible talked about really how people are going to be in the last of the last days. Um, again, in chapter three, verse 13, Paul writing to Timothy says, but evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And then as we get into chapter four, we're also going to talk a little bit more about, uh, again, the deception that is coming and why Christians specifically need to be aware. They need to know that these are signs, false prophets, false teachers, and we, the church of Jesus Christ, need to be prepared. So Nathan, as we continue in uh, 2 Timothy chapter four, would you be able to open us up by reading for us there verses one through five? Absolutely.
1: All right. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth be a turn aside to fables but you be watchful in all things endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist fulfill your ministry
0: Woo! what what encouraging words and nathan we have spoken about this of course before paul is pretty much uh, on the last leg of his life He's about to pass on. He's trying to pass the baton to young Timothy. He's warning him about how things are going to be, how he should be uh, careful for himself and for others. And there I, in verse 1, 18, it says, uh, he starts open, opening verse 1 with a charge. And it's almost like here's something that you need to do. This is something that I, that I that is important that you should be aware of. And we notice there, I charge you, therefore before God in the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. And well, Nathan, we know, according to scripture here, that the Lord is going to appear. He is going to come back. And, and there's a, a a sequence there, right? We call the rapture and then the second coming. Can you talk to us a little bit about those two? Right, right. You know that you brought us the 2 Timothy 4,
1: Reminds me of another one of the 10 signs that Jesus gave, and that would be a great evangelism yes. explosion in the end times. Uh, so what we've got here is, in 2 Timothy, he was saying that in the last days, the church would go seeking after things that would tickle people's ears. In other words, okay. they, they great apostasy in the church. And what we're doing is we're seeing a time period of great apostasy in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we're seeing the German school of higher criticism, which in the 1920s pretty much evaporated, people's faith by questioning the Bible. We live in a time period where there's more now nuns, other people non-affiliated, than there are religious people in the United States. And so what we're getting is...
0: I like the nuns, by the way. The nuns, yeah, not (laughs) N-U-N-S,
1: but N-O-N-E-S, right. And so Jesus said that when he prophesied the seven phases of the church, the final phase in Revelation 3 would be the church of Laodicea. Mm. It was a church that, just like we read in 2 Timothy 4 here, apathetic, uh, think they know it all, but they don't. I mean, it sounds like our millennial generation, doesn't it? Very much so. And so, this is what we've got here. So, we're in that time period right now, the final phase of the church age, and we're at the end of the end times, and we're in that apathetic stage, waiting for the rapture of the church, where Jesus comes and takes His church up to heaven to be with Him. The world will then plunge uh, as some short time, amount of time afterwards into the seven-year tribulation time period. And Jesus returns with the saints, with us, at the end of those seven years, and He defeats Satan and the Antichrist, and cleanses this world and sets up his millennial kingdom where
0: Jesus rules and reigns on this earth from
1: Jerusalem for a thousand years. Oh,
0: Nathan, that is good news. That and is. thank you for clarifying that because we want people to understand, yes, the Lord, according to he will appear, he will come back, but there's a procession, the church first, the rapture of the church, and then the second coming. And that's why there's some some thoughts there that sometimes people get them confused, you know? But the Lord, he will return, and he's going to judge uh, this world. As a matter of fact, uh, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 uh, through 13 are some wonderful passages. Titus 2, 13 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Right, Nate? <laughs> Absolutely.
1: And this is the verse we, the blessed hope. When people refer to the rapture of the church, they call it the blessed hope. Well, where does that come from? It comes
0: from Second, uh, excuse me, Titus two here. Exactly, and that's why here uh, Paul is talking to Timothy, uh, and he's encouraging him about the, uh, you know, the Lord is coming back. There's going to be a judgment. There's uh, wicked people that they appear to be getting worse and worse, but God has not turned His back on that. He's aware of what's going on, and the Lord is going to bring about judgment. And you know, Nathan, the, you and I during our programs we don't we don't talk a lot about hell, but we need to recognize it's a reality. God is going to judge. Uh, the sins of this world. And it says here, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. And of course we know judgment is is going to be uh, different for, for believers as also the Bible talks about what's gonna happen to the unbelievers. But uh, Revelation chapter 20 verses uh, 11 uh, through 15 uh, is known as the great white uh, throne judgment. And uh, we're going to go there and want to encourage anyone out there who doesn't have a Bible uh, to maybe follow along with us. Nathan, would it be okay if I read verses uh, 11 and 12 and you can read 13 through 15? As you wish. Yeah, the Bible says, Then I saw great white thrones and him who sat on it from whom the face, excuse me, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great standing before God. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the book.
1: Pick it up with verse 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire.
0: Mm. So clearly, Nathan, the Bible talks about the judgment that is coming. Paul is talking to Timothy about when the Lord returns. Uh, And of course, we know that for for believers, Nathan, it's something different. We are going to receive rewards for for the way that we lived our lives. We're not going to be judged uh, uh, unto condemnation. But there will be the separation that the Bible does talk about. And people that are found that they don't have a relationship with the Lord... They're going to be judged, and they're going to be eternally separated from God.
1: Right. We all start out in our parents' womb, we all end up standing before Jesus Christ to be judged. Mm. Now, if you're saved, you know Jesus as your savior, what happens is after the rapture, you go to heaven. That's right. The dead in Christ are resurrected as well, and they stand before Jesus, and they get what's called the judgment of the just. Mm. It's a judgment not based on salvation, for Jesus already did that. It's a judgment based on rewards. So we will be rewarded for the things that the Holy Spirit did through us when we were willing, and we're judged by our motive, yes. uh, our uh, means, motive, and opportunity, I guess you could say. <laughs> but uh, the Lord gives you you know, the reasons. He refines it with fire, and then we get eternal rewards based on that. And of course, we're in heaven. We get to serve Him. Now, that's different than what we just read here in the Great White Throne Judgment, as you know. The Great White Throne Judgment is a resurrection of all the unbelievers after the Millennial Kingdom. They'll stand before the Lord. They'll be also judged based on their works, but they'll be missing the one work that matters, and that is they never accepted Jesus as their Savior. And without that, their sins aren't forgiven. As John 3.36 says, God's wrath remains on them, and they are thrown into the lake of fire, which is hell. Where they were being held is Hades, Hades. That's sent into the lake of fire, and I'm not sure how death is thrown into the lake of fire. That part I've always wondered: mm-hmm. death personified, or is that just means the end of death? But needless to say, if you're not written in the Lamb's book of life, those who are saved, then you will face that. And that's an eternal punishment. There's no getting out of the lake of fire. Yeah.
0: And Nathan, and it's a scary thing. And I, I really believe, you know, as Paul is talking to Timothy here, going back to second Timothy, uh, chapter four, verse one, that's why he says, he gives him a charge. I charge you therefore, uh, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Verse two, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering uh, and teaching. And and Nathan there, um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 2, uh, we see this charge continues, and that is to uh, preach the word. And then he he it's, it's the work of evangelism, right? Nathan is, is really going out there and proclaiming God's truth.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Jesus even said in Matthew 24 that the gospel will go to the whole world and then the end will come. Now, what he's referring to is clearly people say, all oh, the rapture can't happen until every person on earth is evangelized by the church. And brother, the church has made tremendous strides in evangelizing the earth. But that's not a prerequisite for the rapture of the church. That's a prerequisite for the second coming. So, we know that during the tribulation time period, the church won't be here, but the Holy Spirit will continue to do His work of evangelism. There's 144 Jewish evangelists. There'll be the gospel angel that'll bring the gospel to every person on the planet. The two witnesses, people will see the rapture. The, The wrath of God during the tribulation is meant to bring people to bend their knee. And so, the Bible prophesies that during the tribulation that there will be people from every tribe, tongue, and nation will repent and turn to Jesus' uncounted multitudes. So, brother, I believe that the real evangelistic efforts have yet to come. Yeah. that There might be more people saved in the
0: tribulation just those few years than possibly the entire 2,000 years of church history. Ooh, I love that. And Nathan, what that's, that is also, like I said, great news. And I believe also that's why uh, Paul is saying to Timothy in terms of making our effort to preach Uh, preach the word. And Nathan, another thing too that I noticed there on verse two is that Paul is not telling Timothy to preach uh, fun sermons about himself or feel good sermons so that you can just bring people into the church. I notice he says, preach the word. And we find it's it's the word that impacts and change and transform people. Not my, me being trying to be funny, uh, which although, you know, I appreciate humor in sermons and in churches. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we're leaving the word out, I think like a lot of churches do, it's a mistake that they're making. Well,
1: look at uh, the word exhort in verse 2. I mean, exhortation usually involves calling people out for their sins. You know, when you talk about sin in it, uh, from the pulpit as poor choices or bad choices, you know, that's undermining That sin is causing your death. It's sending you to hell. You know, we need to exhort people to... The sin that's in their lives are killing them. And you want to take away like a poison from a child. You want to take sin away from people. So yeah, you can't do that with your best life now type sermons. You got to exhort. And I love what he says here with all long suffering, because you and I have been ministers for many years. And it's a long suffering thing. You know, (laughs) some people have been praying for wayward relatives for decades. It's a long process, but you know, if it's the Lord's
0: will, they will come to him. They will come to him. Absolutely. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into our Truth Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Uh, again, we're talking about last day's evangelism, looking here at 2 Timothy chapter 4. So again, preach the word and you and I have been doing that. We continue to do that with every avenue, every opportunity the Lord gives us, whether it's digitally or live. When you go out to do conferences, Tim, Dr. Reagan, and others, right, Nathan? When you're preaching at your church. Preaching at the, right. Uh, So opportunities to continue to preach the word. And we want to say that for you, if you're a pastor out there, a leader, preach the word. Don't be intimidated by the word of God. Use the word, show the word. Uh, And I think, Nathan, that is something that is so important. And he says there, another thing is, be ready in season uh, and out of season, I always think uh, we should always have a, a life verse in our pockets, uh, something that we can memorize or something that we can that we're prepared uh, to share with uh, with someone else. And, and I think again, we don't always have to um, have a sermon in our pockets, right? But when the opportunity presents itself to share Jesus, to share hope in others, whether it's with our testimony or some way, just be ready, go for it, right, Nate? Absolutely. Uh, my wife and I went down to San Antonio
1: years ago to the Riverwalk. And it's a you know a resort area, a nice fancy stores and lights and food and there's no want along the river walk. And we were walking down the, the walk, and this lady, all in bedraggled and ripped up clothes and all, two little kids at her heels, uh, held out her hand, said, "Hey, could, do you have any money? Uh, I'm at the shelter. I could use some money for food." And it just was so out of place. Like, mm. why is this woman here and with all this food and all this wealth, asking for something? And I just stood... I just didn't know... I was dumbfounded. Right. And uh, finally, she kind of gave up with me and went on to the next person. <laughs> and I was shuffled by the crowd down the river. And I looked back and thought, man, I failed. I failed so bad. So ever since that day, I now carry with me a gift certificate to one of those gift cards. And I have a track wrapped around one of those million dollar Ray Comfort tracks. I I think I got Albert (laughs) Einstein this time. And I've always got it ready. And brother, I don't think a month or two passes by where now someone doesn't come up who needs something. And I have that. I was uh, coming out of Target and there was a a young mother who was uh, feeding her baby out on the street corner and had a little sign said, hey, can you help out? You know, here, here's a gift card. Go over to... I don't know, whatever, Chick-fil-A or whatever Mm -hmm. the card is. And hopefully she's reading that. You know, when you're driving by or walking by, you don't have time to sit there and say, (laughs) here's the, you know, let me take you down the Romans road. You don't have that. So that way it taught me to be ready in and out of season. I also carry those tracks and leave them at restaurants uh, for the waiters or waitresses. I I was a waiter for a number of years in the college years. It's a hard life. Those people need the gospel. Yeah. So yeah, man, you, you don't, and also be ready with your answer we're told to be ready for uh, giving an answer for the hope that's in us. So we, we always know to have at least a little story, and that's our testimony.
0: Absolutely. So right now, I'm fist bumping, Nathan, those of you that can't see it. So I'm letting you know. because We have I, to do
1: it virtually. We have to do it
0: virtually. <laughs> Ding. So Nathan, I love that, what you just said, because I think that's a very good point. And there are little things that we can't do. Maybe some people are saying, well, we're not evangelists like Vic and Nathan. Uh, We just don't have the gift. But like you said, practical things. Have a track, have a gift card in your pocket, uh, and be ready. And I think that's also a great way for you to plant seeds in the hearts of people uh, and just uh, give them the gospel. And then you did your part. Now it's up to them if they read it or not. The Lord knows. But I thought that was a fantastic um, uh, idea. Well, there's different types of gifts of evangelism, too. Like,
1: Vic, you are really talented at meeting people one-on-one, sharing the gospel. I still remember we were having a, a board meeting at a hotel, and you were over there since you speak Spanish, and you were witnessing to the catering staff, you know, and you could do that in their language, and you led one of them to the Lord, and it was an amazing thing. Uh, I don't have the one-on-one giftedness, but I can stand up before any size crowd and preach a message, and I feel like, you know, that's where the Lord's called me in evangelism, and writing. to do a lot of writing. And we've written a book together, The the Mighty Angels of Revelation. And and so everybody's got a different giftedness, so they're going to evangelize differently. You may have a giftedness at telling stories and yeah. tell the story of your life or a story from the Bible. Absolutely. Maybe you're really good with kids. Then get in the Sunday school classrooms and share the gospel. Maybe you've got a gift of mercy well, you know, go to a clinic or a, a, a wayward house or something yeah. and, and minister to people in need. There's, there's so many opportunities to share God's love. And maybe that's another one too. You just show compassion on people and they say, compassion. where do you get your compassion from? Jesus living in my life. There's so many ways to evangelize.
0: Excellent point. And again, Nathan, it's just opportunities to uh, share the word, share our lives, share the gospel. And again, we're very um, excited for those opportunities. But the word of God, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Can you take us there, Nathan? Hebrews 4, 12. Oh, it's one of my favorite verses. You know, when I
1: memorized this one, I was so young, it was in the King James Version. Okay. <laughs> For the Word of God is, uh, do the new King James Version here, living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart.
0: Wow. And that's why we find that uh, the Word is so important, like... Uh, Paul is saying to Timothy, in season and out of season. And uh, also, Nathan, the thing is, when you and I do these programs, we always have to do a part two and a part three, right? Because I feel we're just warming up and we're only on verse two. There we go. But uh, it's just so much that's packed into that verse. Uh, He talks about convincing, rebuking, exhorting. All of that takes place when we evangelize and when we use the Word of God. Absolutely. And then what he's talking about
1: here is the Bible, is that... The, the Bible is the word of God. I mean, look at the power that it has to change people's lives, to bring them down on their knees and to call out for him in repentance. It's, uh,
0: there's nothing like the word of God in the whole world. Absolutely. And Nathan, as we look at the following two verses there, I know our time goes quickly uh, because he says in verse three and four, you know, for the time is coming when they will not endure sound doctrine. <laughs> but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves. Uh, teachers and, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and, and be turned aside to, to fables. That's one of the big signs, one of the big problems that we're talking about—the deception that these false prophets, prophets and false teachers are bringing about.
1: Well, when you think about it, in centuries before today, you lived in the same town. You probably never traveled ten miles out. Yeah. You you you're what do I want to say? You're basically your your people around you were your worldview. Your church had a great impact in your life. Your family had a great impact. You weren't bombarded by other thoughts and ideas. But we live in a modern age with the Internet and all. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing as this increase of nuns come as well. The nuns are coming because they're being bombarded by thousands and thousands of different viewpoints every day. It's watering down what they believe, what they grew up with within a Judeo-Christian society, especially here in the United States. And so they don't know what to believe anymore. So they choose none. uh, Years ago, when I worked at an ISP, I worked with a guy, a wild man type fellow, and he had a teenage daughter, and he was always lamenting. He says, I have every religious book on my shelf. She can read Confucius. She can read Buddha. She can read Muhammad. She could read the Bible. I don't care. I would assume that she would pick one, and that would be her religion. I said, dude, what you've told her by having all those books is that they're all equal, and therefore they don't matter. Mm. Not one of them is the truth. So why would she adopt any of them? And he kind of looked at me like he didn't understand what I was talking about. But it's true. When you e- equalize all the different religious faiths and put them on the same playing field, then the person's going to walk away saying, well, none of it really matters. Because how can you have all these
0: conflicting views all be truth? Mm. It just doesn't make sense. No, and it doesn't. And I think that that's <clears throat> point speaking to Timothy Again, we come to recognize that there is one truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. But also, Nathan, Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, again, talks to us about uh, that th- these false prophets and false teachers. Would you be able to read those two verses for us, Nathan? Second uh, Peter 2, 1 through 2 says, But
1: there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth
0: will be blasphemed. Right, and we thank the Lord for technology, but uh, some of the worst things I'm noticing, too, is what we're seeing uh, via the, um, the internet, YouTube. It's just a platform for also a lot of deception, and I think people need to be very wise in uh what they're listening to and and who they're following
1: yeah and the only way to be wise is to know the truth and how do you know the truth you got to be reading the bible if they're not they're going to be as the bible said tossed to and fro uh like waves i mean there's just you need the truth to be able to discern what's false and Sadly, so many people today are being raised without
0: knowing any truth whatsoever. Yeah. And Nathan, and one of the things that we encourage people to do as we get ready to close in our session, segment is that's why they need to have a relationship with the Lord. That is the main thing that is what's going to keep them from the main deception that is coming, uh, the delusion of the Antichrist and the, the spirit of Antichrist. And when people come to the Lord, the Holy Spirit protects and begins to shield and show them, uh, reveal to them his word. And we always encourage our listeners, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, this is a great opportunity for you to turn to the Lord while there is still time so that your eyes will be open. Nathan, would you be able to maybe share with that person on the other side who doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, how they can start the relationship even right now? Well, you have to surrender your life
1: to Jesus Christ. He says, as we read, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. That's John 14, six. That's right. And without Jesus Christ, and His Word, then you won't know the truth. So get in your Bible and and start learning about Him. But if you're ready to, and you're ready to reach out in faith and repentance, then do so. Uh, Pray from your heart, something genuine. Believe in Jesus as your Savior, and pray, Dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm in need of forgiveness of my sins. Please, Lord, forgive me and be the Lord and Savior of my life. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. The guilt will be washed clean, and you will inherit eternal life with Him.
0: Ooh, and we say hallelujah. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And if you accepted the Lord, hey, let us know. Reach out to us, 305-992-9537. We would love to celebrate with you guys in your wonderful decision uh, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And Nathan, that's what it's all about. You know, I think that there's wonderful uh, opportunities for people to uh, escape this deception, to grow in the things of the Lord. And I, as we close, basically by, uh, as Paul said to Timothy, to do the work of an evangelist. So if you receive the Lord, go out there and share your testimony with someone else. So again, we're very thankful that you guys were part of this program. Nathan, our time flew today, but I get to shake your hand live today. Live today, not virtually across 15 and a half hours of country, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, again, we thank you all for being part of our program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones say goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. You guys have a wonderful day.